scripture with you this morning in Acts 16 25 it says that a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods they were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks and at around midnight Paul and Silas were praying singing hymns like we are today, church. And then it says they're singing to God and that the other prisoners were listening. You know, there's people listening to our praise that don't believe in Him. There's people around you who aren't comfortable. And when they hear you praising, it says, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. It says all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Can we sing this song today, church? Can we sing this song knowing who we sing to, that we can be confident in Jesus, that he sets us free, that no matter what storm, no matter what trial, that through worship, we're going to see breakthrough. Amen? So this next song, it's called Raise a Hallelujah, and that's simply what we're going to do. We're going to raise our praise against the enemy because all of us have strongholds this week that we're dealing with. We're dealing with addictions. We're dealing with depression, anxiety, right? It's at an all-time high. So this morning, I want you to just focus on Jesus, not the person next to you, not the worship team, not even me. Would you just focus on Jesus? When you sing these songs, I want you to think what you're doing over the enemy today. I want you to view your trial, view your trial, your struggle, your stronghold. And I want you to see it falling. I want you to see them as chains falling today. Amen. Hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies. 
That's what we're doing. Come on. I raise a hallelujah. Sing a little louder. Hey. 
the enemy this morning with our praise as we sing this song. Let's all join in as one choir. It's not the team up here, it's you singing. So we need your help, church. Amen. Come on. Let's fight today. This is how I fight my battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. Cause it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Amen. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how we fight our this is how I It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. 
This is how I find my battles. This is how I find. Come on, Tony. This is how I find. victory he's already defeated the enemy and the foe the sound of our praise the sound of our worship he's defeated amen praise God well, good morning living stones we're so glad to have you today is anybody happy to be in church there's nothing like the Lord and his presence amen if there's anything you came for this week, that's the most important thing, is to be in a moment with Him. And we're so excited to hear what our guest speaker, Pastor James Franz, is going to say today. And we want to go ahead and, and just greet somebody next to you, um, tell them it's good to see him, and maybe meet a few new faces. Love you, church. church how's everybody doing today come on so good so good i'm so Man, excited i don't know about you guys Woo. but worship was amazing great job amazing. team great job i love when scripture talks about how every everything that has breath praise the lord Man. and i think about how like i'm gonna like go a little nerdy on you so bear with me but I was thinking about how like our blood cells carry oxygen, right, to mm. different parts of our body mm. and how worship like that just I can mm. feel every cell in my just body, right? Everything soul. that has breath, right? Praise the Lord, mm. just everything in you. Every you cell. can't help Come but on. to shout hallelujah. Every cell. Amen. You can't help it. Amen. So good. Oh, so good. So, so good. It's good to see you, church. <laughs> Tell the person next to you it's good to see you. So good to see you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Let, let's continue in our worship. 
with our tithes and offerings. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, I love that you get excited about that yeah, church because we are a generous church. Amen. We are a generous church. And in Malachi three verse ten, it says, "Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house." Test me in this. Somebody say, "Test me." Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates, come on somebody, of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room to store it. Come on somebody. Ah, that's why we're a generous church. I love you guys because you are a generous church. You know, the church isn't the building. The church is the person next to you. The church is the person sitting in your seat this morning. And because you're generous... Because you test God with your faith. We watch him do amazing, yeah. amazing things. Oh, my goodness. Our, our two-year-old church just this last year gave away over $70,000. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Oh, see if I won't pour out a blessing yeah. that won't touch the city, that won't touch a region, that won't change the world. Yeah. Amen. Oh, it's so, so good. So Amen. let's pray. I can have my ushers come forward. If you are um, wanting to give, you can yeah. give online on the Church Center app where you can go to livingstones.tv. We also have envelopes. If you need an envelope, we're happy to bring one to you. Um, but yeah, that's how Amen. you can give. Amen. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your word that does not return void. And when you speak these things into us, God, as we bring the whole tithe, as we serve you, as we become a generous church, that you will change the world here in this church and all around us. So God, we give it all for you this morning with honor and glory to you because you're so good and you're deserving of it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. Well, I see some new faces today. Yes. I see some familiar faces. Some faces we haven't seen in a while. I well, love we, faces. We love you all yes. so much. But if you have not been to Livingstone's church before, we have a gift for you in the back. So on your way out today, there's the table that you first saw when you came in. And you can fill out um, a little card. And then we have a special gift for you. So make sure you get that. Yeah. yeah. So good. I'm having flashbacks. I got to tell you. I, I mean, we've, we've got Rob Franz. Like, this is our this like our original worship leader is in the house. Yes, I mean, it's so, so, good. so good. Can you stand up? Can everybody give Rob come a, a on, hand? Rob, come on, like, up. absolute stud muffin. This is like a wow. celebrity. He was here before Come Justin and I on. even came to this campus. Come so. on. Unfortunately, okay. James did not get his good looks. He got his mom's good looks. <laughs> it's even better. So, so good. So good. We're glad you're here this morning. Everybody watching online, Dorothy Faraganin, Julie Padilla, uh, Phil Norman. She's double dipping. I've got so many people up in. Is she, is she double dipping? Oh, my goodness. No way. Uh, Kristen Risden, Drew Urbasic, we love you. Our hearts go out yes, to you, my we friend. Love you, Drew. Uh, Renee Punzel, got so many people watching online. We just love all of you. AJ Twist, thanks for being out there serving the world, making yeah, it happen. Jennifer Sargent, we love you, girl. Oh, You're absolutely Jen. incredible. Jared Coolbaugh, thank you for serving our country Come and still on. being in church online. You're so good, man. So we just love all of you. We're excited that you're here. If you, yes. this is your first time, you are our VIP guest. Yes, and I. Yeah. I already told them about the free You gift, did, so good. I stole your thunder. Oh, that's so good. I love thunder. It's fine. It's <laughs> okay, totally good. Guess what, you guys? We have youth this Tuesday, so don't miss that. It's going to be amazing. But more importantly, uh -huh. we have youth camp coming up. Camp. It's the time to you send guys, them away. It's so good. So that they can be impacted <laughs> by Jesus. Amen. Okay, but $50 is due. Today. Um, today. Today. So if you want your kids to go to camp. If you want camp, your kids to go to camp, 50 bucks you today. You got to over 50 bucks. Or so that they can the go. trains leave them without them. 
That's or it. there's no train. Or there's I no mean, train. Yeah. Who knows? We got to get a few more people signed up so that we can have enough people to, to yes. be able to go to camp. So yes, it'll be yes, awesome. Yes. Super cool. We, Sisterhood we have sister is here. this Thursday. So we're going to be, Ladies. I know, right? Come on. So Sisterhood is going to be at Vale Ranch. We're just going to go out and have dinner and just hang out as girls and just connect and super casual. You don't have to, like, we're not going to quiz you on super scripture or anything like that. It's just going to be fun to hang out. So um, good. So that's at 630 at Vale Ranch. That's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. We have a very important announcement. Is everyone paying attention? Oh, my gosh. You just, guys. just hit your neighbor right now. Just, like, pay attention. This is it. Is everybody this is it. If you didn't hear any of the other announcements, you want to hear this one. Are you ready? Where okay. are my married people at? Do we have married people in here today? Okay. Happily married. Man, I'm trying to hook you up right now. You just This, this is where you shout louder than every other time. Yes. Because you're excited about your marriage. Yes. Amen. This is for you. Okay? That's right. Just to preface. Just to preface. Okay, this has been a dream for Justin and I for years. Yeah, this has been on. something that God has put in us. Come and we've on. been waiting and waiting and waiting for the right time. And the time is now, is you guys. Now. We're so excited. But we are hosting our very first marriage retreat at the end of April. Woo! So come on, lift up a shout. We got to get your marriage anchored. Amen. Yes. Anchored in the Lord. Oh my goodness, there's been so many storms these last couple oh of years. Oh my gosh. And if you're not anchored, you're being tossed to and fro. Yeah. But I tell you yeah. what, if you are anchored, get even more anchored. Let's yes. go do this thing together. So Registration good. starts today. Right now. Registration right now. is open. You can get on the, on the church center app. Yes. Register for that. There's an early bird special it's only Valentine's for the first Day. three weeks. Only for the first three weeks. It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Has Men, I know you forgot to get a gift. We're it's setting okay. you up. You can get it right now. You'd be like, Pastor Justin already told me about this. I was ready. It's so I did it in the app. I'm good. Yes. Right? He was thinking about it, ladies. It's it's for sure. He wouldn't leave you hanging. Yes. That's so it. go to the church center app. There's details there. Yeah. Um, but we are going to be hosting this at the Mission Bay Resort in San Diego. Diego. Just gorgeous. Just so again, good. do a Google search. Right on the bay. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm -mm -mm. So that's going to be a Friday and a Saturday. We have guests coming in from out of state and things yeah. like that to be able to speak and to pour into marriages. And oh it's going to be incredible. You aren't going to want to miss it. Oh it's going to be so good. I am so excited for the word this morning. Is anybody excited for the word this you morning? Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped for the word this morning. If you would like to follow along with Pastor James' message, you can get on the YouVersion Bible app right now, click on the More button on the bottom right-hand corner, click on Events, look up Livingstone's Church. I, I stole all of his notes. I put them in there for <laughs> you so you're ready so that you can follow along. He goes through like five different versions of the Bible so you can go and <laughs> you don't have to have all five with you. You have to bring your encyclopedia. Yes. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Can we have... Pastor James Franz. Yes, come on. I want to introduce you to my friend. Yes. Oh my goodness. The stairs right over here, my man. So good. You're probably athletic enough. You can just jump right up here. Oh Pastor my goodness. James and his amazing bride Brooke are here with their She's families. Back here, hanging out with the new baby. And you guys come came on. all the way from Tennessee. When did you Tennessee. get in? Tuesday, I don't remember. Brooke, what week? day did we get in? This week, right? This Wednesday. Wednesday. Mom knows. Of course Wednesday. mom knows. It's yes. A blur. Yeah, Mom's been waiting the whole time for this. <laughs> so she knew exactly what day you were getting here. Absolutely. So Pastor James just launched his church out in Nashville. Champion Church. Isn't that a cool name? Champion Church, right? It's so awesome. And, and they, they, they were so gracious. He, he did not have plans to preach. But I knew that he was going to be here. And I said, hey, would, would you mind coming and bringing word yes. and he was like yes let's do that so i'm so excited please stand your feet for a second lift up a shout for pastor james franz
Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here with all of you today. I see so many familiar faces. Feels like a family reunion. I'm just going to be giggly up here because I see so many people I know. Um, hey, real quick, before we get started, what's the cost for, for the marriage conference? If there's a family here, I felt it on my heart. If there's a family here who, who needs to go to this marriage conference that doesn't have the finances, come see my wife, Brooke, or me, and we want to sponsor you, okay? How many of you believe that, that strong families build strong churches? Yeah. And so if you feel that in your heart and you know that you need to go to this conference, we want to sow a seed into this church. We want to sow into it. We are looking for a way, and so that's how we're going to do it. Okay, so come see me or my wife, Brooke. Uh, I want to say something real quick. I want to say that most of us who come to this church, uh, when you're around this kind of an environment all the time, it, you can make, make this feel uh, very formal and very uh, casual. But I want you to know that this is an unusual thing that God is doing here at this church. I want you to recognize that because, you know, we transform a public school into a sanctuary for God. And even in the announcements, I'm getting wrecked up here, okay? With Chelsea and Justin, I'm like, man, I've never heard Malachi 310 like that before. That was in every breath, praise the Lord. It's so good to be here with you. Pastor Justin and Chelsea are the real deal. I've known them for years. Uh, just their, their hunger, their, uh, their faith. Uh, their generosity. Um, you guys have a real pastor. There are preachers and then there are pastors. You have a pastor and a preacher. So you get you got a double blessing, okay? And uh, it's just so good to be with you guys today. Thank you for having us out here. Brooke and I are honored to be here. And, and um, it's, you know, what this does for me and my faith is that this shows me what the next stage of, of Champion Church looks like is to see the vision, to see the, the poles go up and, and the stage and, and just the atmosphere. And thank you for the worship team, Brad and, and Danny. You're amazing. And so uh, she, she's got me covered. I had water and I'm good to go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this morning we're going to continue in our new norm series. How many of you guys have been blessed by this series so far? Yes. How many came ready for the word of God today? All right. Wonderful. Let me see here. There we go. So I want to just give you uh, just a little bit of history about me. I'm going to show you a picture of my family real quick. This is my, my wife, Brooke. Uh, many of you probably have met Abel. Abel's the one on the left. And then that cute little pink little thing in my hands right there, that's my baby girl, three months old. Her name is Tennessee. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we had that name years before we ever even knew we were going to end up in Tennessee. And, uh, and God gave us a vision that we were going to have a, a baby girl and, and, um, and we were going to name her Tennessee. And so when I had a boy the first time, I was like, I guess that means I'm re-upping and I'm going for round number two. And uh, then it was the second one. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I'm done. Okay. Awesome. Praise the Lord. God knows what I can handle. So, uh, but kids are a blessing. Families are a blessing. And uh, I just look at so many people here to see some of my youth students here today, Myla and Christian, to see you guys here today. And just, uh, it just brings full circle moments for me. But uh, we're in a series right now called New Normal. Everybody say New Normal. New Normal. That's right. So I want to talk about just the topic for a few minutes of the fear of the Lord. I want to talk about the fear of the Lord. This is a taboo subject in the, in the church today. This is kind of a, a topic that people, the question I get a lot of times is, why should I fear God if God is love? What, where, where, why should I fear the Lord if God is full of grace, full of mercy? If God is so good, what is there to fear in God? And 
if I'm being honest with you, I think over the last, uh, you know, 18 months in the pandemic, I think I realized something, and it was this, is that when the pandemic hit the church, no matter if you were a large church or a small church, you were affected by this. And what I saw in many pastors, including myself, and I'm speaking on behalf of me, um, I think that the church thought we were a little bit more equipped and a little bit more prepared for when the world got shaken. And, and I think that the church had an opportunity, still has an opportunity, I want to make sure I say this correctly, the church still has an opportunity that when the world is at its darkest moments, the church should shine the brightest. We shouldn't have to look to the news stations to tell us where our good news comes from. See, I get to ruffle feathers and then get on a plane and go back to Nashville. But I remember, I remember watching people just quarreling and just arguing and just fighting over things that really is just flesh and blood. And, and I found myself in a moment of realizing, you know what, I think what the church, and this is a conviction, this is a message that's been brewing my heart for months, is that it's so much that, so that we're fearing man more than walking in the fear of the Lord. And I want to talk about, I actually want to prepare the church today. I want to equip the church today to know what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. So I, I've got something brewing in me right now that, that uh, I'm going to try to get through this, but we'll, we'll go as far as we can, then we'll crash the plane and land it. Uh, but I want to talk about many things about the fear of the Lord. I want to talk a little bit about what, what we are commanded not to fear, and then I want to talk a little bit about what things we are to fear, and I want to talk about how you walk in the fear of the Lord. So that's my subjects really for today. Uh, the Bible is very clear that we are not to uh, come into agreement with certain types of fear. I want to show you Matthew 10, 19 says this. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. So we're not supposed to be afraid about to share the good news or to, to preach the gospel, to evangelize to your coworkers or, you know, on the soccer field with those soccer moms. I know they can be a little intimidating sometimes, but, but, you know, don't be afraid of what to say. This is a commandment from God. A lot of us are like, man, I didn't go to seminary school. That's okay. You don't need to go to seminary school to tell somebody how God changed your life. But just know that at just the right time, God will give you words that you didn't even know you had in your vocabulary Things that you didn't even know that you understood and deep will cry out from the inside of you and you'll begin to be a salt and a light in a very dark place. Matthew 10, 26 through 27 says, and this is going to be our tempo the whole day, by the way. Matthew 10, 26 through 27 says this, but don't be afraid of those who threaten you. For the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, should a broad wind daybreak, daybreak comes, what I whisper in your ear, shout to the housetops for all to hear. This starts in the first couple words. It says, don't be afraid of those who threaten you. You ever, you ever been threatened before? Man, this week, my first meal back in California, I, uh, I'm at a restaurant and I'm sitting there and this guy comes up to the table. I'm seeing, eating dinner with another pastor. This guy comes up to the table and he writes a curse on a piece of paper, folds it up and puts it on our table. And then uh, this pastor that I was with opens the note and reads it and then tears it up and just starts praying. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, what, what is going on right now? What, what was that? It, it, somebody sent you your bill. You don't want to pay it. Like, what, <laughs> what happened? And, and he says, this, this guy comes back around to our table and he says, he says, did you read my note? And this pastor 
I kid you not, the nicest man I've ever met stands up on his feet, gets right in the guy's face, and he says, I don't receive your curse. You are under a demonic spirit. And I stood there, and I was like, oh, it just got real up in here. Check, please. And the guy said to us, he said, this is your final warning. This is your final warning. And can I tell you, the scripture says, don't be afraid when those threaten you. How many of you know that we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, that we're surrounded by heaven's armies, that in that moment we took authority over that situation and we told him to leave in Jesus' name and he left. Matthew 10, 28 says this, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. The scripture actually teaches this. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. Don't be afraid to die for the gospel. I mean, I know we live in America, and I know things are great in California. Could be better for a lot of us, right? I think we could agree on I'm in the right kind of church today. But I could tell you this, that, that, that in this kind of a world, the enemy does not have a limit. He never says, that's enough. I've taken this too far. I got to leave that family alone. It's a little too much trauma here. No, no, the enemy is coming after to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Do not fear to die for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. What a worthy calling it would be to know that we, at one time, there, there are churches in China right now that are being arrested for being on the platform. They have camera surveillances that are around the church buildings that they're looking for facial recognition that if you're walking into churches, you're getting arrested, you're getting beaten, you're being martyred. And here we are today, cruising in with our strollers and coffees, hey, drinking our lattes, chilling, reclining in church while there are people who are dying on the other side of the, country, the world right now. Don't be afraid to die. Don't be afraid for the gospel because death does not have the final word. Amen. Psalms 23 verse 4 says this. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. The Bible teaches us not to be afraid of darkness, because it says that God is close beside you. How many know that, that even in the presence of darkness, there is a greater light? That we actually have Yahweh who walks with us. I remember growing up at a young age and being afraid of the dark. I'd have to turn my light on, and actually I had a little, like, switch that would like buzz out and the light would turn on in the middle of the night and be scared, right? And, and I remember that how different I saw things when the light turned on. See, when we walk with the lamp stamp of the burning light inside of us, the salt of the earth, when we walk into rooms that are full of chaos and full of disorder, full of confusion, when you're walking in with that light inside of you, you're not to be afraid of the darkness because it says that he walks close with you. How many are faithful that God doesn't leave you in the valley but walks you through it? God doesn't go, oh man, this is going to be tough. I'm going to sit on my throne and hang out here until you're ready. Get to the other side. I've given you the training. No, he goes, let's go through. Let's push through the pain. Let's push through the fear. Come on, walk with your teenagers through this season right now. I know they're a little bit confused about their identity and their gender, but I'm telling you, just walk with them through it. Just walk with them through it. I'm with you. I'm with you in the fire. I'm with you in the flood. I'm with you in the hard times. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says this. It says, for you have not received a spirit 
of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So the Bible actually teaches us there's not just a, a normal fear, but there's also a spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear always has one goal, to lead you to a place of slavery. See, a lot of us, we've, we've, we've actually come into agreement with the spirit of fear because I've been under that spirit of fear that says this, this is for my protection. This is actually, I'm being wise about this. This is actually for my good. Don't let anybody in. It's for your protection. Don't be intimate with your spouse. It's for your protection. Don't open up to your pastor or your small group leader. It's for your good. The spirit of fear will isolate you. This is a word for somebody today. I feel the anointing. This is a word for somebody that the spirit of fear will drag you to the place of putting chains on your ankles and bound you to the place of slavery. But we have not received the spirit of slavery and fear, but a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters crying out, Abba, Father. But I want you to notice the scripture of that verse. It says that you have not received. In other words, it's your choice to receive the spirit of adoption. There's an orphan spirit on our generation in our world today. Just because you don't have a biological father in your life doesn't mean you don't have a spiritual one who's running towards you. My whole thing when I was younger and I walked away from God is I would just run from God, but I always knew how to get back home. Because there was always... The father who is always putting people strategically in my life to remind me of who I am and who I'm not. Look at what 1 John 4.18 says. It says this, there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. The disciple who Jesus said, or John claims his nickname from Jesus was the one he loved the most, is talking about love right here. And he says, perfect love will cast out fear. Perfect love will drive it out. Like an unwelcome guest that you just pick up their stuff and you kick them out. It says that perfect love casts out, drives out fear. The one who fears punishment has not perfected in love. I have friends that are that I went to a wedding yesterday. I've been trying to get them to come to church and, and know the Lord for over a decade. I was doing a wedding yesterday, and it's very common that I hear people say, I can't go to church because if I go to church, the church is going to burn me up. As soon as I step on the church, I say, you know what? If God wanted to burn you up, he could burn you up right now. <laughs> so many people that are afraid of intimacy with God. So many people that are afraid, they have so many walls and clearances and, you, and you, have to, you have to know him for a long time before you let this person in. And, and I'm telling you today that, that if you fear correction, if you fear punishment, you are not perfected in love because God is a God of love. But he's also a God to fear. And we're going to dive into that of what that looks like. Let's look at what the fear of the Lord actually means. A lot of us, we need to clear this up. I'm equipping the church today. The fear of the Lord, Yara Yahava. Fear the Lord. This is what it means. Fear is pronounced yara as a verb in the Hebrew, which means to respect, to revere, to have reverence for the Lord. 
Yehovah, as a noun in the Hebrew, means Jehovah, the existing one, the proper name of the one true God. So it doesn't mean that I'm meant to be paralyzed in fear of coming to church at Livingstone's. It doesn't mean that I need to be so afraid that I, that I never open up to my small group leaders or to Brad on the worship team and the band. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm meant to be full of paralysis, but rather respect, honor, reverence for the Lord. Can I tell you that today I feel like I'm already combating a, a, a spirit of apathy and indifference that just says, mm, I don't know if I trust what this young guy has to say up here. He's too loud with the microphone. I like it. You know, my song's in the key of B, and, you know, uh, my seat was taken today, and, you know, the AC's not cold enough in here, so I'm a little uncomfortable. Oh, the Super Bowl, I better leave already, you know. But I'm telling you this. I'm going to tell you three things that will happen when you start walking in this reverence, respect, and honor for God. And it has changed my life, and I believe it will unlock something in the church today, something that, that your pastor and, your, and your, your pastor's wife, Chelsea, have been praying on their knees for, for this church. And I feel it. I'm connected in the spirit to this guy. This is what's going to happen. Number one, you could write this down if you're taking notes, and trust me, you will want to take notes today because it's a fire hose of information. Number one, when I walk in the fear of the Lord, my life is blessed. Come on, how many want to live a blessed life? How many want to walk into blessings in your life? How many want to walk into God's inheritance for your life? How many want to see your children blessed and your children's children's blessed? See, when you start to walk in the fear of the Lord, this respect and honor and reverence for God, your life gets blessed. You say, prove it to me. Teach me this prosperity gospel. I will. Just kidding. I'm not prosperity gospel. Psalms 112 says this. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commandments. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find delight in his commandments. You want to know if you're walking in the fear of the Lord? Do you delight in his word? Do, do, you, do you find enjoyment in rules? <laughs> do you find enjoyment in, in things where God says, do this, don't do that? Not that we're under the law, but under grace. But those things are written in stone for us to help us as boundaries because how many know that when God gave Adam a boundary, one tree he couldn't eat from, the next thing he did was he gave him Eve, which was a blessing. When you start living within the confines of boundaries, God blesses you. When you step out of the boundaries, the blessing has to be held so that God can correct it and get you back in line. Psalms 1, this is one of my favorite psalms, says this, blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, there's that word again, delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And on his law, he meditates day and night. There's a measurement of time. All day, you're thinking about the word. All day, you're letting God speak to you. Verse three, he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in its seasons, and its leaves does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. She prospers. Come on, we don't, we don't need to read another philosophy book. We don't have to read another leadership book. I'm telling you, the answer is right there. Blessed is the man. 
who doesn't entertain gossip, who doesn't sit at the seat of slanderers. I pray for two things when it comes to ears, ears to be open and ears to be closed. Let me tell you why I pray for ears to be closed, because God will put you in an environment where you have standalone faith and people will say things that oppose the word of God, and I pray your ears are closed. That you, it falls on deaf ears. Somebody says, man, I don't go to church. They're just a bunch of religious people. I just, I didn't even hear that. Because I can't afford my heart to get hardened towards the church. Somebody says, man, I just, you know, I don't care about, you know, your pastor over at Livingstone's deaf ears. I didn't hear that. You know what I did hear? That I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm above and not beneath. <laughs> that every time I fall, I'll rise again. That I'm the lender and not the borrower. <laughs> Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of scorners, but he delights in his word day and night. He will be like a tree who is planted near the river, whose weeps never liver nor dry, and he will prosper. Can I tell you, friends, that in the off season when the world is being tested through a pandemic and businesses are closing their doors and churches are not reopening. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, you will see people whose lives actually are blessed and multiply. I've seen businesses that have thrived when it doesn't make sense. I've seen families that get restored when marriages statistically are falling apart. What happens when you walk in the fear of the Lord? Your life is blessed. Psalms 112 verse 1 through 4 says this. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. Come on. How many want some more joy in your life? And delight in obeying his commandments. There's that word again. Delight. Delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed they themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are, they are living stones, generous, compassionate, and righteous. We're not just talking about you when you walk in the fear of the Lord. We're talking about your children's children. Yeah. This applies for, there's no asterisk where if you don't have a husband at home to raise the kids, all you have to do is walk in the fear of the Lord. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, your children are absorbing and watching everything you do. When they walk into their environment at school, we can't control that environment. But what you can control is what the atmosphere is like when they get home. And when they walk into the door and their backs are heavy and they're overloaded with stress, and they're thinking about getting into peer pressure and they're battling suicidal thoughts and they're thinking about sleeping with this person and that and dabbing in this and that and changing their gender and all these things and they walk into your home environment and they hear, you know, the song, The Blessing, talking about your children. And they hear Hosanna in the background and they hear worship music playing in the house. There's something that that love casts out that fear. Because I, I, I can't come around this house or this apartment anymore. I'm going to have to wait until they go back to school. Because it's a spirit. There's a spirit of fear that is on our generation today. Proverbs 10.27 says this. The fear of the Lord adds length to life. But the years of the wicked are cut short. 
When you walk in the reverence and the honor and the respect for God, he adds years to your life. It, 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 will, it will go beyond science. It goes beyond your diet. It goes past how much sunlight and sleep you get and how much stress you have. If you just walk in the reverence and honor and the fear of the Lord, my body is a temple. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. I'm not called to sit at the seat of scoundrels. I'm called to walk in the steps of the righteous. The steps of a righteous person are ordered and directed by God. When you begin delighting in the word of the Lord and you begin to walk in this reverence for the fear of God, he goes, I need you longer on the earth. Because there are souls that I'm after. How many of you know that we're, we're in the business of second and third and fourth and 70, 177 chances? I mean, they said, how many times should we forgive? 70 times 7. I'm pretty sure that never is not 777, but it's something like that. 490 times in one day. He goes, if, if, if you will just fear me and walk accordance with my word, I will lengthen your life, Noah. To live 900 years. What did they say about Noah in the Old Testament? That Noah was unlike anyone else in the earth. That he walked close with God. He was a righteous person. God caused him to live 900 years. And what did he do with the rest of the world? Wiped it out. When you walk in the fear of the Lord. He goes, I need you in Nashville. I need you in French Valley. I need you to stay planted here. You know what? I, I, I'm going to cause you to get promoted because I want you to have more influence over your business. I'm going to add to your life. Number two is this. You can write this down. When I walk in the fear of the Lord, I have access to heavenly wisdom. Not an earthly wisdom. Not a carnal mind. A heavenly wisdom. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody who doesn't know God? They have no understanding when you start bringing up the Bible. You, you tell them about the good news, that God loves them, that God is for them. They go, God's not for me. God, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense to me. They lack understanding. Job 28, 28 says this. And to the man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. See, when you begin to depart yourself, Really, the word depart is really can be translated as repentance, the change of your mind and your direction. When you begin to repent and you begin to walk away from the life of evil and the path of sinners, you begin to walk in the step of righteousness, you start to gain understanding. You start to realize, wow, I thought I was so happy. Look how empty I was. Boy, I thought I was, I had everything. I had nothing. Boy, life is just a wisp. There's a time to live. There's a time to die. Number your days. When you begin to walk in the righteousness, you begin to gain understanding. And then he says that this is wisdom. Walking in the reverence and the fear of the Lord. Reading his word, meditating on it day and night. You will gain wisdom. You'll gain understanding. Psalms 111 verse 10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the intersection between understanding and wisdom. What is that street called? The fear of the Lord. When you're walking in the fear of the Lord, 
you're going to get to an intersection where there's wisdom and understanding. And you're going to have both. But I tell you this. The scripture says that many, very few find it. There are many who are walking on the path that leads to the gates of hell. And narrow is the path that leads to righteousness. See, I'm equipping the church today because I want you to know this. Yes, we believe in grace. Yes, we believe that that grace covers a multitude of sins. Yes, we believe in this grace. But we also believe in repentance. And there is a, there is a doctrine that is, is, is bleeding into pulpits today that is saying that you can just do whatever you want because God loves you, God forgives you, that it's okay. I'm telling you, your life will be cut short. I'm telling you, the next generation will be in bondage. You think that this, this is just about your life? This is about your children and your children's children's children. The spirit of fear will grab a hold of you. The spirit of fear will keep your mouth closed from sharing the good news. The spirit of fear will cause you to not speak into your son's life because of your own shame and your own condemnation. The enemy wants to take us out. We cannot just abuse the grace of God. The Bible actually talks about the Apostle Paul says that when you can keep on sinning, you are re-crucifying Christ. I do not want to do that to my Savior. I want to repent of my sins. I want to turn back to God. I want to walk in the fear of the Lord. You know, even when it comes to speaking, we're blessed. We have the spirit of the living God living inside of us. There's an anointing there. But when you preach the word of God, when you speak the word of God, there's a double blessing and a double anointing. And when you do that in your families and you do that in your workplaces and you meditate on his word day and night, you begin to see things differently. Your mind gets washed in the word. Revelations 2, verse 3 through 5 says this. Now we're in the book of Revelation. I told you guys, we're going to be all over the Bible today. <clears throat> Revelations 2, 3 through 5 says this. This is the, uh, the disciple Jesus loved the most. Is seeing a vision. Jesus is standing there with the scroll and he opens it and he has these complaints about the seven churches in the end times. And he says this in Revelations 2, 3 through 5, he says, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. He's talking about the church of Ephesus, but it's an extension connected to us. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. The Bible actually talks about when you read the book of, of Revelation that your life is blessed. There's a blessing when you read that book. And when I began to read Revelations and I came across this right here, I fell on my knees and I repented. And I said, God, I said, I don't want you to remove the lampstand from Champion Church. God, I don't want to raise a culture that is just empathetic, that is just standoffish, that just is cool with keeping on sinning and doing life my way and riding the fence between hot and cold. He says, I will spit you out my mouth. And we go, yeah, God is my friend. Yes, but he's also Lord. I mean, what would happen if we got invited to a king's palace for dinner? Imagine that. You're going over to a king's. Like, what would you wear? 
You show up and he goes, I have a letter for you. And he writes it in, in writing and he hands it to you. And he says, carry this with you and tell everybody you know about it. We would read that letter from the first word to the last word because we have reverence for a king. Why is it that when we comes to God's word and it comes to Super Bowl Sunday, do we have the reverence? I'm stepping on toes. Do we have the honor, the respect for the Lord? That when his word is being spoken, do you incline your ear more to politics or to the power of his word? Because there's plenty of bad news out there, but we got good news to share. It's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 9.10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That means when you walk into rooms and environments that are under demonic warfare, if you're walking in knowing that the knowledge of the Holy Spirit is with you, you gain understanding. That's demonic. That's the spirit of Jezebel. That's the spirit of control. That's fear. Don't bring this person into leadership. This person is not ready. They need to sit for a season. Oh, but they're so talented. Sit them down. I would rather have the church that he talks about in Revelations that says that, come back to my first love. He said, you've lost your way. You don't love me like you used to love me. You don't serve me like you used to serve me. You don't love people like you used to love people. Repent while there's still time before I come and remove the lampstand from your church. And I see a shaking right now in the church of lampstamps being taken out because they have lost the respect for God's word. I didn't grow up in a Baptist church, but I feel like I'm preaching Baptist right now. <sighs> Look at what Daniel, now we're in the book of Daniel. <laughs> Look at what Daniel 1.8 says this. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to him by the king. He asked the chief of staff permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Verse 17, God gave these four young men an unusual appetite for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. Daniel, who's taken into captivity under Babylon and under King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's in this culture and environment where they worship other idols, and they're, they're, having, they're sleeping with each other, and they're doing all kinds of fornication and idolatry. And Daniel says, I cannot defile this temple. It says, I'm determined not to defile my body. I have made a decision. I have resolved that I cannot participate in what culture is doing. And then it says, so God added an unusual understanding and an unusual wisdom. And he gave him a gift to interpret visions and dreams. See, we think, oh, grace covers it. I don't need to walk in the fear of the Lord. I don't understand the fear of the Lord. And so we just do whatever we want, not noticing that the world is getting darker and we're seeing less spiritual people with gifts rising up. <laughs> 
But what happens when you say, I've determined my body is a holy temple, that I am no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me, that is no longer me, but my sins have been nailed to the cross of Calvary, that I cannot return back, that a fool is like a dog that returns back to its vomits. I can't keep going back into this cycle of sin. I got to break free from this because I got to walk in the fear of the Lord. This reverence that says, if his word says I can't touch that, I can't touch that. If his word says I can't entertain gossip, I can't touch it. If his word says I can't sleep outside of marriage, even if I want to and my body says I want to, I can't. If his word says give 10% to the church, I'm going to give 10% to the church. When you start walking in this reverence, this honor, this revere for God, he blesses your life and he gives you heavenly wisdom. Proverbs 1.7 says this, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the foundation. The foundation, the fear of the Lord, it must be our foundation. It, it cannot be something that we add in today, but we don't tear down the lies. See, when, when, when God puts us through seasons, Ecclesiastes talks about the times, the times for suffering, the times for the time to be born and the time to die and the time to laugh and the time to mourn. It's in those times that God's perfect timing, he will refine you through the refiner's fire. And he will test your foundation. If your life is built on silver and gold, on things that is built for man, then it says that he will tear it down. And this is where the foundation begins. Our foundation is in the reverence and the honor and the respect for God's word. To, to know his character, to know his nature, to walk with him, to invite him into your meetings, to invite him into your homes, to not just pray over your meals because it's something we do that's religious, but we pray and we bless our temples and we bless the restaurants we eat in because how many know when you walk in with the spirit of God, we should see businesses thriving because we're eating at their shop. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, he is the beginning, the foundation. But it says, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You want to know how to know if you're walking in the fear of the Lord? Are you despising what I'm saying? Are you opposed? Is there something internally in you that goes, shut it off. Time to go in and get in and out. <laughs> Maybe if I just go to the bathroom one by one, we can sneak out of this service. But if you don't despise what I'm saying, because it is the word of the Lord for this season at this church, and you don't despise discipline, discipline will follow you all the days of your life. There will always be authority. This is one of the hardest things for teenagers to learn. And I tell them, hey, look, it's not going to get better just because you get out of your house, because you get out of your house, and then you're going to have to get a job, and then you're not going to like your boss, and so you're going to lose your job, and then you're going to have to figure out a different form of money, so you're going to become a street pharmacist. And then you're going to start slanging, and then you're going to get arrested, and then you're going to oppose the police, and then you're going to get into a jail cell, and then you're going to have different people who are in there that say, you can't sit with those people, and you can't eat with those people. Think I'm lying? Try it. But what happens when you start walking in the fear of the Lord is you love discipline. You love wisdom. King Solomon, 
he was a young age, 11, 12 years old when David died and he's, he's, he goes to sleep that night. He just got the inauguration of becoming the next king and he goes to sleep that night and in comes walking God in his dream. David is young. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the equipping and the knowledge. He wasn't ready. And God says to, to Solomon, he says, ask me for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Can you imagine if God asked you that? He says, I'll give you whatever you want. Just, ask, just name it. Solomon in his age is thinking, what am I going to say? And he says, you know what? I, I know what I want. He says, he says, you've appointed me to be the king. Give me wisdom. And God was astounded. It says, he says, I, because you didn't ask for wealth and because you didn't ask to, to, to slay your enemies, I'm going to make you the most powerful person who ever lived. I'm going to give you the most wealth than any other person who's ever lived. And I'm going to give you more wisdom than anyone else in the earth. Why? Because he walked in the reverence and the fear of the Lord. He said, it's not that I can do this without you. I need God. And God said, I can work with that. It's not your ability. It's your availability. First Corinthians 12, eight says this, the spirit gives one person the ability to speak with wisdom and the same spirit, the Holy Spirit gives another ability to speak with knowledge. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives the ability to speak with wisdom. You ever been around somebody who just has understanding and wisdom? Very rarely do I find people who are not walking in the fear of the Lord that have the type of wisdom that I'm searching for. What I usually hear from people who are not walking in the fear of the Lord is this, I'm struggling, I'm afraid, I'm dealing with depression, I got anxiety, it's gripping me, I can't break free from it. Find somebody who's walking in the fear of the Lord, they'll say, I don't know how I got this, but God has been too good to me. I found joy. I've got peace. My children are walking with the Lord. My grandchildren are walking with the Lord. I don't even understand how this happened, but God is that good. He, he made a way where there was no way. He sustained my life. When I wanted to end it, he added years to my life. Why? Because people are walking with the fear of the Lord. And it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that all of us, need to have an introduction to. And when you welcome the Holy Spirit in, you're receiving the Holy Spirit. Understand this. If I give you the keys to my car, it's your responsibility to receive those keys. But I've already sent it in the mail to you. And let me tell you what's inside of that car. You're going to find a skateboard. <laughs> you're going to find some jeans with holes in it. <laughs> it you're going you're to find a gym membership. <laughs> You're going to find some things that, that, that are inside of that car that are waiting for you. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. God gives you the Holy Spirit. It's your responsibility to receive the Holy Spirit and walk in the fear and the reverence of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, he goes, let me show you what I have inside for you. I got wisdom beyond your years. Yeah, you may be 29, 30 years old. That's me, right? But I've got wisdom beyond your years. I've got understanding beyond your years. I, I got the interpretation, uh, interpretation of visions and dreams. I got the gift of tongues. I got prophecy in store for you. All you have to do is just receive me and I'll reward you with blessings, a heavenly wisdom, and understanding. 
And the third point is this, when I walk in the fear of the Lord, holiness is possible. And I feel this one today. Statistically, there are more people addicted to pornography. Statistically, there are more marriages falling apart. I moved to a state. I moved to Nashville because it's the 10th highest divorce state, a city in America. I moved there because the depression rate is 14% higher than the national average. I moved there because it is the interstate of five different places and it is the epicenter for human trafficking. And I said, God, here I am, send me. Not that I could do it without you, but I'm a willing vessel that walks in the fear of the Lord. And I know when I walk in the fear of the Lord, there might be a door shut to a thousand churches. But I tell you today, after three months of being started, we've already got a building. We've already got a full team. We're already building in a culture. God's raising up worshipers. God's raising up evangelists. God's raising up missionaries. We're every week in the city. We're underneath the building of the bridge. And we got tens of people that we're feeding to the poor every single week. When you start walking in the fear of the Lord, God will appoint people and say, you know what? You need to be a part of Living Stones Church. Because nobody wants to be a part of a dead church. They want to be a part of a church that's awakened, that's alive. You want to know how you tap into that type of an anointing? When you start walking in the reverence and the honor and the respect for God's word. And you start walking in that holiness. And I'm telling you today, it is possible. I denounce the lie and the spirit that says that we are enslaved to bondage. That we are still orphans. That we are still under a spirit of Jezebel. That we are still attached to the spirit of fear. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this. Because we have these promises, dear friends... Let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. I'm telling you, it's hard work. It was hard work in that restaurant when that person gave us that curse and I wanted to lay hands, some different type of hands, you know what I'm saying? And he left and we started praying for his deliverance. I mean, he messed up my whole meeting. I had all these things planned. I was going to share and we were all derailed. And it was whatever. And I'm sitting there praying and I'm thinking, man, the old me would not be praying for somebody like this. But that's the work towards holiness. That you are able to bless your enemies. That you're able to hit, take off of your Gucci coat. That's not Gucci, okay. And you give it to somebody else. I'm telling you guys, it's hard work, but holiness is possible only when you fear the Lord. I'm telling you, you can get free from generational curses if you just start walking in the fear of the Lord and you start walking in accordance with his word and you'll notice when you turn around, you might feel like you never made this much progress, but when you look back, you'll see the grace of God that has brought you farther than you could have done on your own. And I'm telling you, there are certain things. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't get fired up. Hold on, hold on, okay? Listen to me when I say this. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the, the sin of the flesh. It talks about the, 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 the sin of the flesh that is carnal leads to rebellion, to witchcraft, to, to sorcery, to wild parties, to drunkenness, to, to sexual sin, to idolatry. And the list goes on and on and on and on, on, right? And here's what happens. Sin always starts as sin of the flesh. 
even witchcraft starts as sin of the flesh. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just reading some tarot cards. Oh, it, it's just a necklace I wear around my neck. Oh, it's just these rocks that, I, that it's on TikTok and it's a big deal. And, and we got generations of people that are dabbling with stuff that starts as flesh. But sin of the flesh that continues to be repeated becomes sin of the spirit. It will change to go from your body and latch itself onto your spirit. And that's where demonic spirits come from, is repetitive sin that is the unrepentant heart of the believer. Yes, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and still be oppressed by demonic spirits. And it happens when we don't walk in the fear of the Lord and we lose track and we say, yeah, yeah, I, I go to church, I tithe, I serve. But you know, and I know, and God knows when you've been in his word. When was the last time that you just got alone with God and you shut the door behind you and you said, God, I need you. God, I need you in my marriage. God, I need you with my kids. God, God, I'm desperate. I'll do whatever it takes. I just, I just need a fresh fire from you. I don't want 2021's anointing. I don't want an old flame. I want a new fire. I want a new passion. I need new hunger. I need new friends. I, I, I need to get connected to the church again. Church online is great, but it doesn't matter because it's when we get together as the church of Christ that we're united in the faith. It's when you have accountability. It's when you have fathers and mothers that are rising up with sons and daughters. It's when you tap into that that God says, okay, there's some fear of the Lord that's walking in this person right here. I'm going to appoint them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to give them wisdom. I'm going to give them understanding. They're going to start to walk in holiness. They're going to become the real deal. Yes, there are still pastors out there that will not fall because they walk in the fear of the Lord. And you're looking at a pastor right here and a pastor right here that walk with fear and trembling before God. And I don't have time to read all my verses and stuff, but in Exodus, in Exodus, when Moses comes down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, they hear the fire and they hear the, the blowing of the horn and they were scared, they were afraid. They said, Moses, you talk to God. We can't talk to God. And Moses says, don't be afraid. God is only testing you so that you will stop sinning because of your fear for him. Can I tell you today, you can break free from that sin that has had a hold on you for three decades. You can break free from that addiction, that stronghold, that pipe, that pill. I was getting a haircut just this other day, the first day I got here in the town, because my hair looks fresh and I had to look good when I came to see you, okay? And, and, I, and I'm getting a haircut and I start talking to my barber that I led to the Lord before I left here. And the Lord told me before I got on a plane, he said, you need to go and see your barber. So I got in his chair and we, you know, we do the small talk for a minute and I just asked him very directly, why are you not going to church anymore? And I said, most of the time, you know, you're doing all the, or we're doing all the talking. I'm in your seat, but you're talking today. I said, why are you not going to church anymore? And, you know, and we started talking a little bit and here we are eight in the morning. It's just me and my barber in, the rest, in, in this, this barbershop. And behind the curtain comes this janitor with a mop. He's mopping the floors. And we start talking about, he's like, you know, I never had a father, never had a dad, can't get a driver's license because I don't have a birth certificate, which means that I'm, I, I can't get another job, I'm stuck here. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, I'm just frustrated because I feel like when I come to church, everybody judges me because I have tattoos all the way up to my face. 
I said, man, I said, God doesn't judge you. God loves you. I said, you just got to get into the church. I said, you got to put yourself out there. You've been too hard on yourself. And I said, your father loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Little did I know that the janitor that was eavesdropping in the background with this mop dropped the mop and started weeping. And I turned around and I looked at him and I said, what's going on? He said, you don't understand. He said, I prayed to God today and I asked him for a sign. Show me that you're real. And at 8 o'clock in the morning, I drove an hour to get here and there's a pastor sitting in a chair. And my son just told me he doesn't want anything to do with me. And here's this young man right here that needs a father. I could be a father figure to this guy and he could be a son to me. And we could start getting in the word together. And he said, the best part is this. He says, he starts telling this testimony. He said, I was addicted to crack cocaine for 13 years. He said, I was abusing my wife, my future wife. And he said, and I cried out on my 40th birthday. And he said, I'm tired. Are you tired? Are you tired? Because he said, I'm tired. And he said, God, I, I need you to come into my life. And he said that God gave him enough strength that day to break his crack pipes and throw his drugs away. And he got connected to a church. And now he's a deacon in a church. And he's raising up leaders. And he's still mopping floors. And he's still not where he wants to be. But I told him this. I said, you two were meant to be together. And he goes behind the curtain and he starts praising God. He's going, glory to God. Praise God. God, you're so good. Wow. Here I am getting my hair cut. My barber's shaking like this and he can't cut my hair straight. My barber drops his tools to the ground and I rush up with a half-cut head, wrap my arms around him and started praying over him. And we had a prayer session in a barbershop at 8 o'clock in the morning. You know why? Because we're walking in the fear of the Lord. When you begin to walk in the fear of the Lord, you never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. But I heard a man behind that curtain that there's a blessing coming for that janitor. There's a wisdom coming for that janitor. There's a holiness that he's never experienced before that's coming for that janitor. And I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't take you to be in seminary school. All you have to do is start walking in the fear of the Lord with reverence, with honor honor with, 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 with respect for God's word. The last thing I'm going to say and I'm done. Joseph, Genesis chapter 39. Joseph is in Potiphar's house. Potiphar starts to, Potiphar's wife starts to take an attraction to Joseph. He says, I want to lay with you. Joseph looks around and there's no one there. No one's going to put this on Facebook or Instagram. No one's going to find out. But he says, I cannot have you because I respect and honor the Lord. Can I tell you that what would happen today? We would make excuses to say, well, I have daddy issues. So did Joseph. We would say, I grew up in a culture and an environment that we just did whatever we want. So did Joseph. We would say, man, I was in bondage for years. You don't understand. So was Joseph. Joseph was risen from out of a jail cell and was appointed into this place where he could have done whatever he wanted and gotten away with it because they worshiped idols and they had sleeping around with whoever they wanted. And Joseph didn't do it. And I'm saying this to you. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, you can run from sexual temptation. You can run into the arms of holiness. It is possible for our generation today, no matter how old you are, you can walk in this. When you walk in in the fear of the Lord. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, there's a special anointing here in this room today. 
And I know that the God of heaven is here because there are souls that he wants. And so if you need to give your life to the Lord or you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, I'm believing in faith. There's going to be a few hands that come up in the air or on our chat online. But if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will come inside of you and will provoke you towards holiness, will provoke you towards wisdom, towards changing your life. And if you're ready for your life to be set in line with God, if you had to leave today and say, Pastor James, I don't know where I would go if I died today. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to welcome the King of Kings into your heart and save you and transform you into a new creation. And then we're going to hand you off to the team here and eventually we're going to baptize you and get you into a small group and get you connected. So if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. I'm going to count to three. When I say three, I want you to shoot your hand up in the air, not because you fear man, but because you walk in the fear of the Lord. One, Jesus loves you and died on the cross for your sins. Two, the joy set before him, he endured the cross for you. Three, all around this place, if you need to give your life to the Lord today, wave your hand at me. The Bible says that if you deny me before man, I will deny you before the Father. There is no reason for you to be ashamed or afraid. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Thank you. I see your hand. I saw your hand, sir. Is there another person in this place or maybe all lied? Sir, I see your hand. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise your name, Lord, that there are sinners that are coming to you right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray and I declare this over you. Say this prayer after me. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Save me. I want to know you. I don't want to be fake. I want to know you. I don't want to battle this stuff anymore. I'm tired. And I need you. You said if I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. So I'm taking a step right now in faith to say, God, I need you. Save my life and be the Lord of my life. From this day forward in this school, in Jesus' name, and the Church of Livingstone Church said, amen, stand up on your feet and let's close it out. If you need the fear of the Lord, I want you to come very quickly to the altar and just meet me up here at the altar. I want to lay hands on you. I want to pray for you, Pastor Justin, Pastor Jesse. We're going to dim the lights for a second. If you need the fear of the Lord and you want an increase of that in your life, make it up here to the altar. But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you Like I'm surrounded and I'm surrounded by you fullness that he has for us. 
Thank you, Jesus. I think somebody got a word that they needed today. Oh, you've been, you came in here weary, but you're leaving strong. Come on, you're, you're leaving with a new resolve. Oh, the ability to just seek after his face and go after him. Amen. Oh, he's so good. Now, I believe some people also walked in here expecting a miracle. Expecting a miracle. Expecting God to move. This morning, and for some of you, this might be your first time here, so I might weird you out, but hey, listen, God is good. He's not weird. He's not weird. But I tell you what, sometimes God, God will let me feel pain in my body so that people can get healed. And this morning while I was getting ready, I felt this pain in my right foot. It felt like I was walking on a broken foot or something was wrong with it just for just a moment. So I knew it wasn't my own pain. It was somebody else's pain. So if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you got that pain in your right foot, can you lift your hand up for me? There you go. There you go. Come on. Come on. God can heal more than one person. It's all based on expectation. We'll just have a whole bunch of brand new right feet up in here. Amen. Amen. If that was you this morning and you just got that pain in your foot, I want to pray for you right now. And we're going to watch God do a work in your life. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you care about little things. Oh, it might be a bunion. It might be just some, 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 some cartilage. It might be an old injury. It might, it might just be that I, 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 I've just been walking on it for so long it just hurts. But God, I pray right now that you would touch your children this morning. I saw those hands as they were raised. I can, I can feel it again right now. I feel that, that, that it's, a, it's like this dull pain, almost like you've been, you've been walking on a, a rock this whole time. It's this dull pain that just, just won't go away. Right in the center of the foot, towards the right, just a little bit, I can feel it right now. So, Father God, we just thank you that you're touching that right now in Jesus' name. That by your stripes, we are healed. And so, God, we just expect great things to happen right now in the name of Jesus. That you're touching your children right now. Oh, there goes that pain. It's gone. You can feel that. It's done. That's it. That's it. That just disappears like that. That's how good God is. That's how, because he loves you so much. Now, here's the thing. You've been walking through this thing called life, and it seems like you're being tripped up by everything around you. But what you just experienced in the physical is what he wants, wants to do in the spiritual. See, he wants to take your walk to a place where you're not just limping along, just making it and getting by. It's not just another day, another dollar. Listen, God is doing a new work and a new thing right now, right here in your life. You're going to be able to run. Oh, you're going to be able to run again. Oh, you can just go for it to see the fullness of what God has for you. Oh, that's just how good our God is. That's how good our God is. That's how good our God is. You know, I, another thing I was, I was feeling this morning was, uh, I don't know if it's like a skin condition or something on, on your back, but it's almost like you just, you just want to wanna scratch on everything. You know, it's just like it just, it just hurts, this skin condition. It's just this burning sensation that's just on your back all the time. I felt it while I was sitting right here. I almost asked my mother-in-law to scratch my back. It was itching so much. Who has that? Who's got some stuff going on? Skin condition in your back. We want to see that go away right now. 
If you want to live with it, that's up to you. But if you want to get rid of it, we can get rid of it right now. We got free health care in the kingdom of God. Without communism attached to it, amen? That's the best part. Who needs, who needs that thing? Us back here? Come on. Come on. See, you know, sometimes, sometimes we think we just need to look forward, but when you look back, you start to see what God can do. Oh, look what God is doing right now. God, we just thank you for these anointed fingers. God, we thank you for this anointed woman. God, I just feel like so much has been on you. So much is, is, is just trying to tear you down. It's almost like you got hooks in your back. These things are just ripping you back. Every time you try to take a step forward, it's like another piece of pressure just tries to take you out. And right now, I just declare in the name of Jesus, we are, we are cutting some lines off of the back of your back. You no longer will have to carry and drag these things around. Just snip, there it goes, snip, there it goes. We're cutting off strongholds. Oh, we're, we're cutting off the demonic. We're cutting off right now these things in your life. That you'll be able to walk with a new fervor. Walk with a new swagger. Oh, there's going to be a power and an anointing that comes from being able to run so much faster. And so, Father God, we thank you right now for this amazing woman. You can feel that anointing just, just fall on you right now like a blanket. Like a blanket over your shoulders. Like a father just wrapping his daughter up saying I love you makes me think about when my kids fall asleep on the couch you just wrap them up and you walk them up to their room where they can get good rest I feel like God is just wrapping you up you, you may have been left on the, on the side of the road beaten and distraught but God is going to wrap you up and put you into a season of rest so God we thank you for that rest that supernatural rest that you love your daughter come on somebody lift up a shout for the Lord Come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, oh, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on. Come on. Come on. That thing that overwhelms you is being overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit right now. That thing that feels like it suffocates you is being suffocated by the Lord right now. seems like you hit one wall after another. He's telling you, get up off the floor. It's not over yet. 
It's not over yet. It's not over yet. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are so good and that you are so loving. So, so good. Ah, so good. So good. Where's my beautiful bride at? Is she in here? Get up here. Run up here. You gotta sprint. She's been working out so much she can run so fast. Just look at this. Look at that. Wow. I get to take her home. Come on. To the, oh. Well, she's not that graceful. That's all right. Usually I have to hold her hand everywhere we walk. But it's a good thing we got a healing anointing in this church. Amen. Goodness gracious. I want to ask my beautiful bride to come up here because I'm going to ask uh, Pastor James and, and Brooke to come up here too. You can bring that little one with you. Come on up here. Yeah, she can walk a little better with the lights on. There you go. Get up here. These ama this amazing couple. Was the word so good this morning? First Thessalonians 5. Verse 12, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give spiritual guidance. Did we get some spiritual guidance this morning? Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. I didn't tell him we were going to do this. He probably asked me not to if I, if I asked him if it would be okay. So we don't ask things when we don't. We want to get what we want, right? But I believe that as you were blessed by the word this morning, that we are to bless this couple. They have ventured out. Did you hear the odds that he's up against? This city that God has called him to? Oh, I remember hearing the same words when they said, you're going to be a pastor in French Valley? Oh, I can't even imagine the things he's hearing when he's going out there. Oh, this is some hard ground. This is some difficult places. You're going to run into the darkest places around you. But he's anointed for such a time as this. And we are a generous church, amen? So I think we can knock his socks off this morning. He thought he was coming to give somebody 350 bucks so they can go to a marriage retreat. But we're going to blow their minds this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we're going to take a special offering. If I can get my, get, my, get my ushers to come up here. And if you go to this church, you know that I don't take special offerings unless it's for somebody else or for something else. It's never going to be that I need something that we take a special offering. It's going to be because we want to bless. We want to see God do something bigger, something more, and we're pressing into more. Some of you came in here thinking like, ah, I wish my finances were good enough to give. This is where you sow the seed so you can see the fruit come. This is it right here. Not in the tithe bucket. Don't put it in the tithe bucket. I want you to put it right in their pocket. Are you with me? So everything that goes in these buckets right now is going to go into their pocket. All right? And I want you to seek the Lord. You're like, oh, I had that extra $100 sitting in my pocket. Now I know what it's for. Are you with me? Let's, let's pray over this beautiful couple. Come on. Father God, I thank you for the fronds. Come on. I thank you for this family who has answered the call to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. I may not have it all together, but with you, Lord, I have it all. And I expect... Lord, the vision that you've given us to come to pass. And God, I pray, Lord, that this seed that Living Stones Church pours into Champion Church and James and Brooke Franz, let it become a great and mighty oak tree. 
a, a tree that stands in the middle of a city that needs you so great and so much. God, I pray for anointed leaders to come up alongside James and, and come alongside Brooke and come alongside them. Keep their arms up when they get tired. Keep them, keep them encouraged when things get hard. And God, I pray, Lord, that you surround them with people who will take them to a new level. People who are trustworthy. People who have your interests in mind, not their own. So, Father, we thank you right now that you're going to do a mighty work through this couple in Nashville, Tennessee. Champion Church. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to sow into it. To see, your, to see your work go further than they thought it might have gone. They thought they were coming to serve, but they, the truth is they were coming to be blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless them right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, lift up a shout to the Lord.